Me and the boys patrolling the town looking for beans. Start that up. Don't start that again. All right. We're there. We're here. We're there. We're every fucking where. Hey! Roy can. <laughs> He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Roy can. Roy can. Roy can't. That's how we're starting that episode. What's up, people? Party so, people. Fun fact. If anyone actually got that reference, uh, I work with someone in the kitchen because, of course, everywhere that I've ever worked has too many Daniels. But one of the guys on the line, his name is Daniel Rojas. And almost every day, I come in and I go, <laughs> Danny Rojas, Rojas! Kitchen is life! Oh, that's too good. I love it. Hey, everybody! Hi, everybody! Hi, Dr. Nick. It's, it's Black Tower Tuesday! Or... If you're not listening to us live, it's Black Tower Friday. Or, or if you're, if not you're listening, listening to us, to us live at all, uh, at a completely random time, it's Black Tower Day. Welcome to Black Tower Day. It's a good day. Sorry, I was amusing myself That's looking up pictures. Yeah, of you were. Andrew is uh, solidifying his status as a total weeb. Look, okay, there's a clear winner in the contest of American Nico versus <laughs> Japanese Nico. Like, all right, there's a clear I mean, winner here. I'm just saying. Now, the danger is you never know what you're getting with the Japanese Nico. Like, <laughs> like eight years old to like 800. There's no way to tell until they finally give it up for some plot reason. And, and give you up don't their know age, not give up anything else. What I mean. equipment they're packing either. I will uh, also say it depends on what fight you're having. <laughs> are you saying, like, these are more attractive? Then sure, okay, I can see that. Who would actually win in a fight? I'd, I'm putting my money down. You see, by appearances, I... I, I would kind of agree, but Japan is known for having like these like cutesy little like idols or whatever pull out these random like batshit crazy abilities. It's true. Like they literally have so many anime where like the girls just like morph into tanks and cars for no fucking reason. So it's like Well then they're oh. not a Neko anymore and then they get disqualified. Okay, so welcome to the Black Tower Anime Podcast. Tonight we're discussing uh, Nico Girls. We're doing an in-depth dive. Actually, there's a pretty good segue from Nico Girls into tonight's topic. Oh, oh um, there is. article. So before we go any further, hi, I'm Josh. I'm your Soravan Mahale. If you need someone lightninged in the face, I'm your man. I'm your suddenly uh, very much targeted by slander by Jean Mahale. <laughs> Andrew. 
fucking slanderous. Uh, and I am your soaking it all in and enjoying the show. <laughs> I'm in Conway. <laughs> I'm about to pull like a, a what is it like stand from the office? It's hentai and it's it's art. hentai and it's art. <laughs> I see you are also a man of culture. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but we are the Mahales of the Black Tower podcast. We like to talk about the Wheel of Time. We like to talk about all things Wheel of Time. But do you know what else we like to talk about? We like to talk about the awesome people who help support us. And I want to start off by talking about We Geek What's Together. What's the folks over at Trojan? The geeky that have allowed me to save enough money from not having to raise a child to afford <laughs> podcasting equipment. All right, it's okay, um, I couldn't resist. Uh, no, we geek together. It's the gaming tavern in Provo, Utah, where we will be hosting our Friday night meetup at the Gathering Madness. And for those of you who live locally or live in the area, you should definitely go check them out ahead of time. Um, there's all kinds of gaming, all kinds of uh, snacks and treats. They've got uh, consignment bins. So there's local artists. This is, I'm telling you, it's a one-stop shop for all things gaming, geeky, nerdy, wonder, wonderful. Go there, check them out. Andrew, what else do we like talking about? Um, I mean, if we if we have twenty three minutes, I can think of one topic that always needs discussing, and that's beer. Beer. Uh, on days like today, like Tuesdays, specifically this Tuesday, we like talking about new creations by Jen, because new creations by Jen not only has some new creations, but they are also by Jen, and they are fantastic. Like the frosty and, mugs, oh yeah, that is so frosted over and kind of faded now that you can't really see. I did not realize it was fading. I thought you were bullshit when you said your mug was like kind of fading. Yep, my mug is. It's kind of hard to see the the. Yeah, but there, my mug yeah, is several that. years old. Like, just don't run it through the dishwasher. Probably that's probably. Yeah, and see, I'm like lazy and still wash ditches. Uh, ditches? I wash ditches. ditches. I'm done. Duck, I'm duck, done duck, speaking. Duck. I'm done right there. Watch our no, I still wash dishes like a bachelor, which is, you know, just throw everything in the dishwasher and just hope for the best, which is why, like, my four Hogwarts, like, house mugs don't have the labels on them really anymore. There's, like, five <laughs> random spots of color clinging to the outside of the glass for dear life. You know, the other cool thing about New Creations by Jen is um, they pointed out last week when uh, Rob, the chief editor of the Weekly Wheel News, was with us. Um, and apparently we had the link wrong on the website. But that has been since corrected. And if you go to blacktowerpod.com, the first thing you'll see is a picture of us in a Black Tower podcast. The next thing you'll see is information about the Gathering Madness, which you got until September 29th to book a room to get the rate. Um, don't miss out on that. I got distracted. Oh, and send us an RSVP. Like, if you book your room, like, let us know. Like, we want to give you a high five, um, and we want to know how many people are coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then scroll down just a little bit more, and there's our merch stores. And New Creations by Jen is right there, and you just click it, and it'll take you right to our merch on her store. And you can surf around her website. She's got other Wheel of Time content creators. 
Um, it's, re- it's a lot. It's really great. Uh, very, very talented people there. Very, very talented. Yeah. Find all kinds of stuff. In fact, I got uh, I got stickers. I I need to do a lot with stickers. Oh, boys, work has been crazy. The AC went out at work, and then it's super busy. And it seems like every day I get home and I finally remember, I'm like, I'm supposed to mail out things. I got to get that done this week. Yeah, you do. And get the next uh, stickers ordered. Daniel, you are muted. Yeah. (laughs) Why why is Dave doing that? I don't know. I just saw your mouth moving and I was like, wait a minute. So strange. Anyway, uh, if it makes you feel any better, uh, my my work does not have a broken AC, but also we are having drips from the ceiling from buildup from our AC, like oh, right yeah. in the path of where we carry food. So, so you're, we you're had waiting to for a turn... Legionnaires outbreak. Oh yeah. Good times. No, we're. Clearly, or what we have been told, and of course, on one hand, I'm like, hey, then fix it, because if it's easy-ish, and it's not actually really a problem, then do the thing. Yeah, interesting. Um, But they say that, like, there's a... Why why does this do this? (laughs) Let me disconnect and then reconnect, see if that fixes it. Unless it's like changing your... Wait, now I can't hear. Hmm. Anyway. Um, there we go. I think your inputs right. might have changed can... on you. Because I heard your audio yeah, go apparently. from like, not good as it normally is, and then suddenly good as it normally is. Uh, yeah, weird. Very strange. <sighs> All right, we're going to double check settings. Anyway, uh, but it's one of those things where, like, it's one of the large corporations where they're just like, hey, if we can not pay money to do stuff, we're going to do that. And so they, like, came in and the, were attached to the Hyatt. And so it's the Hyatt's AC that is the entire building. And so we don't actually technically have, like, jurisdiction over the AC, if you will, because it's the Hyatt's. So, like, they came in, and they checked it out, and they were like, well, what it probably is, is there's, like, a catch for the AC as it cools things down when it gets condensation on it. Mm-hmm. And that's just full, because the AC is running constantly. And so somebody needs to go up and empty it. And you're like... Yeah... So why are you telling us this and not just emptying the thing? Like what, why are you not coming downstairs and telling us, so we emptied the thing, call us if you get any more drips and we'll do it again. Like, why is it that you're telling us this to what schedule you to come back out and do the thing that you just told us needed? What is happening right now? Hopefully they cleaned the, the drain for it. Cause like they're actually for, for ACs for that, for that pan. There's supposed to yeah. be a drain that feeds out to wherever they get rid of the excess uh, uh, water. And yep. those things yep. are known for, like, frequently and horribly getting, like, clogged up with just, like, bits of debris over the years. Yep. And then for some yep. reason, they keep using, like, metal pans for this shit, too. Yeah. Like, you know what goes great for holding water? 
Unprotected metal. Just plain, untreated, uncoated, plain metal. Nothing it's bad ever choice. happens there. It's the best choice. So we're going to we're gonna put that in an area that you never look at, because it's going to be a pan in your attic space, so that whenever it does rust out, you don't notice until you have, like, black mold growing for the last four years and your ceiling starts yeah. to sag. And then you have Legionnaires! Uh, yeah! <laughs> so... Uh. Before we get into tonight's topic, um, people so do kind of need to nice be spoiler into you. right? Definitely, because there's yeah. some there's some pretty spoiler tastic uh, things. Oh, there's a bunch stuff. of spoiler tastic stuff that's gonna get get into this now. Granted, the very first five minutes that we talk, I'm going to take a guess that we're not going to get super spoilery. But after that, all bets are off, and it's going to go all the way to the end. <laughs> well, then with that said, Wait, let's step right. out of the way and let Malkir talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Black Tower. This is your spoiler condom. If you have not read the complete works of Robert Jordan, The Wheel of Time, books 1 to 14, and also New Spring, big bad book of white arts, and The Companion, you are at risk of being spoiled. And Spoilers Origins of the Wheel of Time. Effects. These side effects may include headache, nausea, vomiting, death, dizziness, Vaginal or penile eruptions and ejaculations, dysentery, cardiac arrhythmia, mild heart explosions, varicose veins, darkened stool, darkened souls, more vomiting, arthritis, hemorrhoids, or diabetes, virginity. Mild discomfort, vampirism or werewolfism, gender inequality for the whole planet, spontaneous dental hydroplosion, sugar highs, even more vomiting, <laughs> or maybe just a mild rash. If you cannot deal with these side effects, please leave now. For fear of spoilers, you have been warned. Oh, Rob, <sighs> you, sir, are a treasure. A true voice Indeed. of Malkir. True voice of Malkir. So, we were talking earlier about Nico girls. And they are an unholy, or maybe a holy, depending on your perspective. I mean, if you've uh, watched anime, there's, there's definitely holes. Combination of a human and a kitty cat and they give you mixed feelings about your uh your sexual orientation sometimes um i think josh is really just speaking a monologue at this moment <laughs> <laughs> i'm waiting for daniel to be like this man does not speak for the black tower his opinions are his own <laughs> to be fair, like, i feel like i just did just not anyway. in those words yeah and, 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 and go regularly anyway, like makes you question things. You're like, yeah, oh, that's a very cute character. Like, oh no, that's not a she, that's a he. And if you're Oops. not into that, then you're just like, well, I have 
then you're I surprised. Well, at the same time, to be fair to anybody who is is that way, they do things all the time to go ahead and mess with the uh, the gender or the the genderization of certain characters. And so, if you're looking at a character that looks and acts by all intents one way, and you're like, "Oh, well, that's cool. I like those things," and then it just tells you that they're the other one. Okay, that's fine. That doesn't really mean that you are, like, need to rethink your thing, because all of the things that you like are the things where they're like, gotcha, and you're like, not really, though. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I mean, one thing you can say, you know, Japan has been teaching us not to assume gender since the sun rose for the third time in a day. That is true, yeah. But! <laughs> I'm gonna get a man that one. who is extremely into the meshing of genetics and no i'm not talking about the uh the life sewing alchemist though he was a student of this man and no Neither i'm not talking, are you talking about, about elon musk not talking about the one elon who likes musk. to get his dna oh. Who also hey, he's, he's promised the, the, the Nico to engineer cat girls. And where are our cat girls, Elon? <laughs> you lying sack of shit. <laughs> They're okay, coming. What, They're coming. It's just, it's X needs to get off the ground first. Oh, right, right, right. Got it. That was what the, that was what the brain implants were for. For music and visual hallucinations. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a virtual, like, uh, uh, Augmented reality, you could just be like, bloop, bloop, bloop. no, everyone's yep, a cat person. Right. <laughs> That's an episode of Black Mirror. Tonight, we're talking about the other guy who likes to combine DNA, but in a terrifying way, and I would say not sexy way. There are plenty of people who would disagree with that statement. We're talking about Agonor, we're talking about the mad scientist. Life sewing Elon Musk motherfucking forsaken. That's what we're talking about. That's what I'm not we're sure which side, but somebody's getting far more credit right than they deserve in this in this transaction. It, it's a it's an Agonor deep dive. Agonor deep dive. Now I know what you guys are saying. I know what you guys are thinking. Right I know now. you're thinking side is getting too much credit. Agonor went out like a little bitch in book one. Why would we care about him? Well, while he did die at the end of the book one, I would say that going down to a green man and taking him he with you is hardly green man. going out like a bitch. He didn't go down. Oh to no, a that green was man. that was Belt. That was no, he, he loses to Rand. Which is worse. Losing okay, no, he went out like a bitch. Reborn. He went out like a bitch. I, I don't agree with that statement. Now, uh, it's also true, he he does underestimate Rand 100%, but also Rand is America in that situation. <laughs> How do you fight the sheep herder from the two rivers who has no idea what he's doing. How do you strategize against someone who's not strategizing against you in any way, shape, or form and is just like, uh, ah! that's, a, that's, that's a mighty fine cord you got uh, leading behind you. 
what are you talking about? What cord? I don't know what- What are you talking about? Agnor's like, I have all the power. You can't defeat me. And Rand just goes like, are you sure about that there, fella? You're sure about that? So no, Agnor, but- No, that would have been the Sean Chan. Right. You sure about that? You sure about that, Bob? Um, you you mess with the Sean Chan, you get the collar. <laughs> yeah. Um, you get the double horns. No, Agnor. Most of his accomplishments, I, I would I would argue, most screen. of his accomplishments happened uh, during like the Age of Legends, when he originally sort of rose to prominence. Right. Um. This episode is already so off the rails. I don't know what we're going to do, guys. Where's our cancellation counter? How many things have we said tonight that can get us canceled? 47? Ding! No. Four. He was, I, oh, I call him the mad scientist because he's absolutely one of those people who, he kind of goes crazy. Like, he he starts creating he goes mad shadow spawn. With power. <laughs> Of course I went mad with power. You ever gone mad without power? It's terrible. Nobody <laughs> listens to you. He was blinded by science. Um, yep, that is correct. But like, but like, you know, it, so most notably, he built, he made the Shadow Spawn, right? He's the one who yes. created Trollocs. And not only did he create Trollocs, but he created them with the ability to self-propagate. Like, yep. terrifying, terrifying, terrifying mm -hmm. creation. He created Murdral. He created well. I mean, I I want to throw out here. This is this is one of the most interesting parts of Aganorth that I actually think is is really cool on some levels. Okay, he is a mad scientist, and right. I'm actually wearing my very appropriate uh, scientists which yeah. shirt for this. Uh, and the one in the middle that's just for you to pick. That's Aganor right there. Congratulations. Dig there it. You go. I dig it. Um, and and so he is terrifying. He absolutely is a mad genius who works with absolutely no code of ethics and is willing to do whatever the fuck he wants with no uh, issues, if you will. But it's also interesting that one of the cooler things I think about Agnor is that he goes into the project with a goal. He does. And he effectively finishes that goal. And in finishing that goal, he also discovers three other things that are unexplained occurrences yes. that happen when he's going ahead and making his goal. That he just goes, nah, I'm not going to actually figure out what I did. I'm not actually going to go ahead and destroy these creations because they're cool. I'm just going to let these run wild because... They're also my children, because well, I'm that cool. And you're like, Agnor, no, but also Agnor, yes. Like, you're doing your job really well. Like, you are Chris Pratt. I don't know what I'm doing, and it is, but I know I'm doing it really well. Well, he, he, he doesn't care about the result of his creations other yeah. than... In one area. Is it, does it work? How destructive is it? Is it destructive? Yeah. Does, does it, it have work? a capability <laughs> for destruction? Yes. Cool. Success. Moving on. 
And people are like, yeah. bro, Golom, what the hell, dude? And he's like, well, you wanted me to take out channelers. Yeah, we wanted you to take out their channelers. And he's like, <laughs> just don't get near him. Hey, hey, hey. How many more of their channels hey, has it taken out? I just take out the channelers. I don't get involved in the politics. All right. Uh, I'm here to chew bubblegum and kill channelers, and I'm all he, out of bubblegum. All right. He created the Jumara for no reason other than just to see how horrifyingly f- fucked up he could make something. Like that was it. His he had one goal in mind. What's the worst thing I can create? Jumara. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Beautiful. Brilliant. Well, we, we like numbers. So uh, during the War of Power, uh, when he was doing uh, the bulk of his experimenting, it is estimated by the unreliable historical narrative that between 35 and 50 million, with an M, People died as a direct result of his experiments to a tune of an average rate of 10,000 people per day. I think the only person that beats him is Chairman Mao. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that's the only... Just to give give you, like, perspective. Like, seriously. He's on the same level. Because Chairman Mao is responsible for the death of, like, what, 30 to to 50? Or is it, like, 80 million? Something. I can't remember. But I think... Here's the weirdest thing I thought I would look up tonight. Like, Stalin and Hitler were, like, 10 to 20 million. Pol Pot. How many people did Chairman Mao kill? 40 to 80 million. Okay. So, yeah, no. Chairman Mao was still worse than Agenor. I mean, there is a little crazy. overlap there, like where they could be just as bad, um, right? But you know, I would say that it was like it of the things they were doing, and not to give any excuse or rationale to it at all. To be abundantly clear, in yeah. no way, shape, or form, <laughs> is Agenor justified in what he did, or is Chairman Mao? Okay, with that disclaimer well, also, out there, Chairman Mao was just fucking murking people to murk people, right? Agenor was creating horrendous abominations to fight for the side he wanted to win just because they let him play DNA, DNA splicer with all of life and, and creation. <laughs> DNA yes. Well, and, and I will definitely say, again, let me also be very, very, very clear in this moment. Um, around putting fucking no one on should be killing anyone to a certain extent. Stop it. Get some help. But at the same time, if you are <laughs> did, in a worse situation, like, again, we think that the side of the Dark One is in the wrong. But at the same time, Agenor didn't. True. Agenor doesn't. True. He was on the side that he thought was right. And he was doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing in war if you think that you are on the right side of the war. Now, again, no, because no. Uh, And we have lots of good reasons to be like, Agenor, no. But also, (laughs) again, it's sort of that idea of is he horrendous or is he effective? Uh 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna say he's horrendous to a certain amount of both, obviously. But at the same time, I mean, in his eyes, I'm sure he would say he was effective. We would say he was horrendous. I mean, I would I would say he is effective. Correct. What's that? That's rain. Oh sweet. Oh damn. I would say he's effective, but but the thing is, the reason he turned to the shadow is not he didn't have any like altruistic motives. He, he, it's not that he suffered some injustice. He probably would think it was some injustice. But what, like, he, he was experimenting with no sort of ethics, no sort of boundaries, no sort of care for collateral damage. If he experimented mm-hmm. on a person and that person died as a result of the experiment, he didn't care. If he experimented mm-hmm. on a person and that person suffered debilitating consequences for the rest of their life he didn't care he might not Mm, even care enough to kill them to ease their suffering which also sounds horrible but yeah but anyway yeah we know what you're talking about so but crazy random idea not just that because he wouldn't even kill them uh what if the wolf brothers exist not because the creator willed it to be so but because it's the leftover remnants of experiments that agonor just let keep running around it's entirely possible. Ooh. Some weird, like, well, again, trying, to, trying to merge people with wolves. So Ooh. let me be very, very clear about something that Josh Welcome just said. the Black Tower podcast, where I keep trying to flip the creations of the right. light to the creations of the dark <laughs> and vice versa. Right? Basically. No, but I actually really like that idea. Like, again, how many unintended consequences, good or bad? Because this is that actually goes really well into what I was about to say. Yes. For... The entirety of human existence, to a certain extent. People have been experimenting on other things. Does this rock break when I hit it against this other rock? Which one's harder? Can I make a tool out of this? Can I do whatever? And quite a number of Can I put our... put tool in this? <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, that's unfortunately way too many uh, discoveries and whatnot. Um... But many of the things that we have that have actually made modern society better in a multitude of different ways were either accidental because they were trying to find something else or they were trying to do something similar, ended up doing something slightly different and realized that the slightly different that they discovered was actually better than what they were trying to do in the first place. Correct. For a handful of reasons. Or at the very least, it was more effective because what they were actually trying to do had too many uh, negative side effects that this is like a close second with less bad side effects and things like that. And so on some level, I'm going to disagree with Josh to a certain extent here. Because yes, I want scientists to apply ethics to things. I want scientists to actually have a code that slows them down just a little bit, yes, which is not great, but also makes Aganor not happen. (laughs) That being said, I would say that the Aganor that was sort of in the Age of Legends, Ishar Morad Shuain, she ain't a scientist. <laughs> Hey-o. 
I don't think that he was necessarily all bad. I think that he was actually pushed into the shadow by other people saying, hey, you're awful. You can't do that. Right? And I am sure that he was looking at some of his creations that had actually benefited humanity and the side of the light and gone, what about all of these things? You are okay with all of these things. Do you understand what went into the experimentation and all of this for all of these amazing things that I've discovered? And they said, oh, well, you lack empathy. Well, you lack a code of honor. Well, you lack a, a code of ethics. So, you know, all of the things that you've discovered are suspect. Again, I'm not trying to say that the answer is kind of yes. They are all suspect, but that doesn't mean they're all bad. And so when you're standing there saying, you know, well, why were you uh, experimenting on penicillin? That's poisonous. Yeah, until it's made into antibiotics. Like, again, it's one of those situations where it's not as cut and dry. And again, once Aganor joins the side of the shadow and starts experimenting on trying to kill the most number of people in the most effective way, in the most speed or at the, the highest speed, he is completely gone and absolutely unforgivable to anyone who sides with the light, has empathy, has any code of ethics, anything like that. 100%, I am not arguing with that at all. But at the same time, I am saying that Aganor is one of the ones where I don't agree with his fall, but I kind of agree with why it happens. Like again, Lanfear, I don't agree with her fall but I understand why it happens. Samael, Demandred, and uh, Ravin, I don't even really understand or agree with why they fell. Just being not as cool as Luz Theron and being jealous, <laughs> go fuck yourself. But like Aganor and Lanfear and a couple of others, like I understand them and I'm not super mad at it, even though I go, yeah, but you turned the knob up to 11 and now there's a problem. Like, yeah. fuck you. Well, he, I, he reminds me of like the Jurassic Park scientists that are like so consumed example, with yeah. if I if if you could mm -hmm. never stop to consider like if you would. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's it. Because I mean, they found out that he was doing like unethical and unauthorized experiments, and we're yes. like, yeah, no, dude, you can't do this. So he got like he didn't even get punished that bad. It seems he was no. sanctioned, sanctioned and told don't do it anymore. Which, yeah, like makes me wonder and kind of like afraid of just how much, even though it was like un, un, unauthorized, what did he learn that they thought was of significant enough scientific value to where it warranted not not completely doing anything that bad? I mean, the, the US and Russia were, were super guilty of this, like in the last days of World War II, um, mm -hmm. of bringing in German and uh, and Japanese scientists that were doing horrendous experiments. But they placed a higher value on their knowledge and scientific insights than they did on uh, on their humanity and ethics. So there sure. is there. I don't know what the ratio is. I had a feeling that in like the 1944 era, the bar was really fucking low. And hopefully it's a lot higher now <laughs> of scientific discovery to human atrocities uh, comparison there. But. Aganor was, well, was and apparently to be fair, like, I will like, also say... You know how hard you gotta work to be a famous biologist? 
Like, not to throw shade <laughs> at biologists. But, you know, no, if you go to somebody and say, like, who are your top five favorite, like, public figures? They're going to be, or people that, you know, just whatever, famous people. It's probably going to be, like, athletes and actors and actresses and, like, maybe some politicians. Though your top five should never be a politician. Not even your top 50. In my opinion. But... There we go. I appreciate like, that. You got a new <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they are in mine. I'm just saying. Yeah. I like. I, I only said that because I don't want people to feel too bad when they sit there and look at their top ten favorite people, and like six of them are politicians. Um, a little bit of shade, a little bit of shade, but mm-hmm. like, you got to do something pretty incredible as like a very specific branch of scientific study to become famous, like. Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. it's like the big example right now because uh, a whole generation just learned who Oppenheimer was because they finally made a movie about the guy. Again. They finally learned um, who really well, said, and now I am become death. Well, they also discovered uh, what, you know, uh, Will Ferrell has become because of Barbieheimer. So, you know, there's that. Oh. Uh, I don't even <laughs> count that. Um, but with with all that, like, like these are physicists. Like when you think about these people that work in like the science, the scientific industry, um, there still is like that whole like it, it is super nerdy. Like in the best of con uh, contexts, because mm-hmm. uh, it's incredibly important, and we crumble without science. Uh, so you should probably like I don't know, fucking pay attention to it. But bit. yep, um, still like even these guys like whenever they were at the height of their discovery, nobody was sitting there walking around sitting at the the table. And like the and like 1942, 1944, going, you know, I'm really excited about what that Oppenheimer fella is is doing. You know, did you see the article about how they learn how to like split an atom? Like, no, because um, that was like a DOD project, so it was like super secret. But right, like, you know, now it's it's like name other name a famous like scientist like now. Uh, like currently, like currently, it, I, I am ashamed Neil to say. Like Tyson, okay, I stand corrected. No, there's uh, Brian. I can't remember his last name. I don't know why it's... I didn't think about an astrophysicist that is fucking hilarious and smart as shit, <laughs> and has the best memeable clip the ever. Guy, of... But also, <laughs> yeah. I don't just relieve people who are like, Bill Nye. And I'm like, ah, that's a scientist, not an entertainer. <laughs> yeah. Which, which one of the no, best I, no, your, your point, your point stands, though. Brian Cox. Brian Cox, thank you. No, you're, That you're, was the one that you were looking yeah. at. But, yeah. But it, it's your, hard. Your point like, stands, though. There's, like, tell, there's me, not... tell me, like, a musical artist. You can, like, rattle them off. And they don't even have to be yeah. good. And you just write sure. them off and people know them. Like, everybody knows, like, Nick Cannon's music. It's not good. Everybody knows it. I mean, doesn't matter if it's good or not. Like, we, we've yeah. glorified musicians to the point where, shit, we know them all. Um, some of them, we know them because they're terrible. Like, that's, that's just how the industry is. But yeah, Nicki Minaj. But I, I feel like... <laughs> Literally getting famous from off artist, like from internet beef, yeah, to making trash music that people's that people are like, oh my god, this is so good, and you're like, I don't is know it? if I can be friends with you anymore. Is it? 
But hey, at least at least Melly Mel is famous again for that incredible yeah, response yeah. to Eminem diss track that he did. That definitely is fantastic and not completely laugh worthy. If you haven't heard it, oh my god, it's, it's so is bad. it is it it's so bad. It's so it's it's a minute and twenty like twenty one seconds, and like ten of those are him counting from one to eight. <laughs> no bar. He's got like one bar, like one bar in there where he calls him like Pill Clinton and Pill Gates. Which is still like it's only a bar by comparison to the rest of the song, because the whole like picking on it, like making fun of Eminem for his like previous pill addiction is so played out. It's like the only thing you can make fun of the guy for. It's true. Um, anyway, so your your point stands though. The fact that he was a famous biologist, like I don't, it doesn't really talk about the good sort of yeah. uh, projects and research that he did. Um, obviously, the Victor writes history and when the war of power was over he he declared himself to the shadow during the war of power after he was told he had to stop uh his horrible experiments after he turned to the shadow all we get now is a, a history of all of the uh horrible creations he concocted um, i always feel like uh the guy the harry potter the olivander from the wand shop where he's talking about uh, Voldemort's wand and Voldemort, he did ter great things. Chosen, Mr. Terrible, but great. But great. And that's what mm -hmm. that's what Agenor did. Agenor did terrible things, but truly great things. I would I would say he is easily in the top three of the most effective of the Forsaken. Easy. Mm -hmm. Even oh, even with his quick death, because even after his death. He gets he gets a second shot. He gets to come back. Mm -hmm. the, uh... Well, and this is one of those things where, like, I feel like we don't get enough detail as far as the the rest of what he does because we know that he comes back as Corlin Deshiva. Uh, yeah, Osa and Deshiva is around for a lot of things that Rand is doing, but it doesn't seem like he actually interferes very much on page. However. How much influence does Deshiva go ahead and put into the Black Tower? Is it just... It, is Osengar, or is, you know, whatever, one of the people who actually comes to Mazram Taim and promises him things to fuck up the Black Tower for the Shadow? I mean, most people would say that it was uh, Demandred, I believe, who originally goes to him and makes the deal. But again, we never see that happen on page. Is that actually guaranteed? No. There is a literal sort of Black Aja member, like Forsaken member, Black Gar, whatever you want to call it, in the Black Tower. Basically, you know, on some levels supporting Mazram Taim. Well, it, even more interesting is the fact that after Demise Wells, Rand chooses him to be a personal bodyguard. Yeah. And... Now, granted, at this point in time, he's been given the instruction that Rand is not to be killed. Correct. So, Rand literally has a Forsaken serving as a bodyguard. And, and I, I, oh God, I, he does his job so well. You, you almost, it, it's so easy to forget that Dashiva is Agonor. Like, 
it, it's so easy to forget that because he serves as Ren's bodyguard and does a damn good job with it. He's the one who brings Dahmer Flynn to heal Rand at one point in time and starts saying, hey, you're pretty good at that. You should keep that up. Like, he's got knowledge and context of the Age of Legends, and he's using that knowledge and context to strengthen the Black Tower and serve as Rand's bodyguard. Now, those things are sort of opposed because a strong Black Tower is a bad thing unless Taim can convert it to the Shadow, which he's actively doing. So if Deshiva can give more knowledge to the Black Tower and strengthen them only to flip them at the last second, it mm -hmm. serves all interests. So well, also, I love that moment that you just brought up, which is the idea of the Shiva, Osendar, Aganor, looking at someone who is doing healing things that they may have not even really had in the age of legend. Oh, yeah. As a scientist standing there looking at this person doing things with channeling, being like, <laughs> damn son damn, boy. that's some cool thing though like those are some cool things and so like again it's really sort of the the cool idea of like real recognize real and it's of course like a forsaken recognizing the scientist in you know somebody right else. Uh, or discoveries that somebody's making, but he's also standing there being like, hmm, my whole thing here to turn to the shadow was because I didn't like that people weren't allowed to experiment in ways that they thought were were good and beneficial in some way. I don't know whether he's, you know, actually good or actually beneficial is, is his goal, but like in some way beneficial to someone. His focus... And here are all these people in the Third Age, like Nynaeve and Dahmer Flynn and, uh, you know, Elaine discovering things about Terangrial and whatnot, doing things that, like, some of them were around in the Age of Legends, but I don't know if, you know, uh, Ishar Murad would have known about them necessarily. Uh, and other things that they didn't even do in the Age of Legends. And he's like, oh shit, this stuff's cool. I might hang around a little while and figure out what they're doing. Because <laughs> he's a man of science. Well, and He's a horrifying man of science, but he's still a man of science. Ultimately, he changes to the shadow to continue his scientific pursuits. He yep. doesn't have, and I think this is the point you were getting to earlier, is he, it's not that he wants to kill everything, but he wants to understand the boundaries, the boundaries of destruction, the boundaries of disease, the boundaries of, you know, how fucked up can I make this thing and still have it being a, a functioning life form? Like, it, it, it's, yep. it's, it's still twisted. He's still not a good guy. But it is also, kind of... Go ahead. I was going to say, I think part of the reason why he plays off to Shiva so well is because he doesn't want to be on the front lines. He doesn't want to be anywhere near the front lines. That's why he creates mm -hmm. Trollocs and yeah. Murdrock. Yep. He creates numerous soldiers for the Dark One in an attempt to sit there, one, to see if he can, but it has the byproduct effect, too, of giving the Dark One forces to use mm -hmm. that he gets the credit for 
so that he then can still hang back and continue experimenting without having to go out in the field. Which is yep. why his cover as the Shiva is, is so incredibly important post like resurrection because he doesn't have combat experience. Right. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason why he was so ineffective against Rand, the only other person in the world that you would think would be more ineffective than, than Agonor. You know, other than the whole Taviran thing that Agonor didn't have. Sure. Because Agonor does not have combat experience. He he has you like know, he he's not gonna like he's not the kind of person that's gonna have like combat weaves. He's not gonna have combat training. He's not gonna have all this kind of stuff. In in any way, at least comparably to the rest of the Forsaken and any of the other like, I would and I hate to say it because I have such an issue with the Green Aja sitting on their ass doing nothing when they could be out training. He has less combat experience than the Green Aja. And so, yeah, you're going to want to yeah. hide yourself. But I think another part, I don't think... We we know that the the madness wasn't necessarily fake for him, that he wasn't just, like, putting on madness, because whenever he and Balthamel uh, were sealed for 3,000 years, they had nightmares for 3,000 years. Mm -hmm. Imagine having just horrendous nightmares for 3,000 years that you can't escape. You're going to be <laughs> kind of fucked in the head. Yeah, yes. that's, that's so, going to do things. Which also makes me terrified what fucking new ideas that he have for creatures after his rebirth and he's just trying to do a good job so that he can get back to you know splicing some dna mm -hmm. well it's also interesting because this is one of the things that i've always thought about agonor is how evil is he very in terms of of sort of thinking about it like because again <laughs> i don't want to give him credit if you will, it, because when it comes right down to it, he does really horrendous things. And I don't want to gloss over that by any stretch of the imagination. And I certainly don't want to, you know, give anybody ideas in this timeline of, well, at least Daniel from the black tower will think you're not a horrible person. <laughs> if you just, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, absolutely. The things that he ends up doing are pretty awful. But again, why does he join the shadow? What is he doing? What is his actual goal? We don't 100% know the entire time because, of course, we don't really get that much information about who he was in the Age of Legends and how he got in trouble and why he turned and things like that. But at the same time, if you are... Uh, turning yourself over to the shadow and the dark one is sort of like breaking free of his prison and he has more ability to touch the world and you're like okay i'm gonna go over there for research purposes and then the dark one basically says all right cool you're gonna build me an army and if you don't i hurt or kill you you're gonna do a pretty effective job at building somebody an army so you don't fucking die I mean, now when there's an imperfect seal on that thing's prison and you get a chance to get out and you get more rope and you're not sitting in Shail Ghoul building an army. What kind of things are you going to do when your life isn't immediately in danger and you're not right next to that horrifying entity that has the ability to end your life immediately? 
And so I think a lot of what Deshiva is doing running around or what Osengar is doing running around as Deshiva is sort of that idea of, well, let's see what these third age channelers are up to. Let's see what's going on. Let's, you know, be close to Rand to both, you know, protect myself and also see what this whole Dragon Reborn thing is about. Like, blah, 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 all of these different things. And I don't think that the Shiva is standing there being like, yes, where can I do the most damage to the forces of the light in the best places? Absolutely, blah, blah, blah. He's standing there being like, okay, I'm a scientist. Where are all of the choke points? Where is all of the information that I can get to make the best decision about where to be at all at any given time? And he's running around in a lot of places, gathering information, doing this here to help himself, doing that there to help the Dark One, not getting himself in trouble with the Shadow, but also not really doing anything to hurt the Shadow, but also not really doing much to hurt the Light. Like... He's really kind of a wet blanket when it comes to actually being, like, nefarious and evil. And I think part of that is that I don't think that Osengar at this point is 100% committed to his original turning anymore, if that makes sense. I, That's sort I of what I'm has, trying to get out of this. I think he has some variation of, um, like, a, I don't know, like, something like Alexithemia or whatever, which is just, like, issues feeling emotions. Um, because very often the things that are done are uh, as that are unethical are are so horrendous and seen as such by people not committing them because they go through that moral, ethical, uh, and emotional lens. Um, so when you look at like the horrible experiments done on people from like World War II, we like it's very easy for us to label it as evil, and I'm not saying it isn't. It definitely is horrendous, but in I think um I think in Aragar's example, that a lot of this stuff where he's just pursuing scientific discovery, it's not all about like I, I don't think he's registering any of it as bad. Like mm -hmm. Agnor's not out there creating the Shadow Swan to be evil. He's creating them because he needs something to fulfill a purpose and he mm -hmm. needs whatever he creates to listen. Okay, well, okay, I made this effective. thing. I need yeah. I need something. Yeah, because his entire purpose was to build shock troopers for mm -hmm. for the shadow he's like okay well now i need something to control these because in big enough numbers they're a problem so mm -hmm. it's it's problem solution problem solution and whereas most people have a filter over what they are willing to do to find the solution agonor mm -hmm. i think simply doesn't um so i'm gonna i don't think i think he is evil by association the the side he is associated with I don't think Agnor in and of himself is, is good or evil. He does horrendous I agree things, that. but I think it's more likely that he's just so... F that he hit, The only thing he really cares about is scientific discovery and progress. Can I do mm -hmm. this thing? Can I make it happen? Mm -hmm. um, and then when we do finally see him do things that directly aid the Shadow, generally every time he does it, it's to help protect his position and his access to what he has. Yes. It aids him in some way that allows him to either like remain hidden so he doesn't have to fully fight or to remain in the good graces of some other chosen. Because what other chosen do you ever do we ever come across? Uh, well, no, a few of them do talk about it openly or not really openly, but in their inner, inner monologues. Like he talks about being like terrified of Ishmael and mm -hmm. being like subservient to Damondred. And it mm -hmm. doesn't seem to bother him. Like 
he doesn't really seem to have that lust or quest for power for power's sake. It's just, mm-hmm. I want to discover shit. So, yeah. so I, I think I would disagree a little bit with that. I feel like... Okay. You're, you're saying that Aganor is not evil in the same way that Darth Vader is not evil. It, if, if I understand correctly what you're saying. Because Vader was just trying like to protect his wife. Vader was... Anakin just wanted to protect his wife. He just wanted his wife to survive. And the Jedi betrayed him. They lied to him. They are the ones in the wrong. Oh my God. I have been lied and betrayed my entire life by this group of people. And now they're willing to let the only thing I love in the world die. And I'm not okay with that. And when I confront them about it, they double down and they tell me, you're in the wrong and you need to sit down and shut up. And he goes, this isn't right. The one person who's been my friend and confidant my entire life is about to die. And he's the one person that can save the woman that I love. Now, Vader did horrible things. But he did them because he thought he was doing the right thing. So I think is like he... He started doing what he was doing because one, he was being absolutely manipulated and misled. I would by agree. Sidious. I, w- I would agree. Um, Aganor was never misled. That, but that we can see, he was. We're never talking misled about motivations, in, though. Well, we're talking he about also motivations. never argues that he's doing the right thing. But we're talking about like, motivations. Well, so again, my point yeah, being, my point well, being, even, even then, like what I'm saying, I'm not saying that like. He thinks what he's doing is noble. I don't think it's either. I don't think no, he thinks that anything he's doing is good or bad. That he's just doing it. That the only thing he his motivation is the acquiring of scientific knowledge for sure. knowledge's sake. It is pure. It is curiosity and interest. Whereas, like Vader has a motivation, whether he thinks he's doing the right thing or he knows he's doing the wrong thing, because there's absolutely a point after Padme is dead where he is no longer. I'm trying to protect Padme. He's just like, well, I've dug my fucking hole. I got to live with it. So right. I'm going to keep doing what I got to do with it. Um, because maybe I'll figure out a way to resurrect her or something at best in the future. I, but So but yeah. maybe it's not a perfect parallel. But my point being... Well, that was actually one of the things that I was going to say is that's one of the biggest problems about Vader is that Vader actually doesn't do the vast majority of his atrocities right at the beginning when he sort right. of is trying to do what he can and blah, blah, blah. Vader absolutely knows at some point relatively early on that he has been lied to and manipulated and he feels like he is too far down that road to come back sure until his son shows up and says i know that you can still be good blah 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 all of this stuff because he just feels like he's too far down he's too far gone my agonor never feels has no he's always standing there going i've never been manipulated i've never done whatever well, it, maybe not never, because I suggested that maybe he was being somewhat sort of manipulated by being held hostage-ish. But like I said, again, it's just sort of the idea of good or bad, my science is important. I right. want to do it. This is what I'm doing. And, and Which I think is a motivation that is not necessarily evil. It's, I think that that is 
it can absolutely have evil effects. You can end up doing things that present as evil, but I don't necessarily think that the motivation itself. Sure. I like that. I'm not evil. I just present that way. No, but that's exactly the point that I'm getting to, though. Vader thinks he's doing the right thing. He's not. He's committing atrocities. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but at some point like, he knows that he's not doing the right thing and he does it anyway. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. At some point, maybe towards the end, on, he knows that Emperor Palpatine has absolutely manipulated towards him. the end. Padme yes. is gone. The Jedi are gone. He loses a lot of friends. He realizes that Obi Wan was right. Towards the and end, then, yes. He continues to do atrocities. Right. Towards the end. Just too far gone. Absolutely. You are correct. Towards the end, he knows that he's not in the right. But in the beginning, before he has that moment of clarity, he genuinely feels like he's doing the right thing. That's neither here nor there. The point is. For me, that's the the biggest difference. Yeah. My my argument is that. Is that Agenor it, that he doesn't is have that concept there. of right but and wrong. But that doesn't make Agenor not evil. That's this is the point that I'm getting to. This is this is the point that I'm circling around to. Agenor's overall okay. actions and the consequences suffered from those actions are evil. He is the creator of of that evil. Now, this isn't a situation in which he went, oops, I created something and now it's out of control. This is not Dr. Frankenstein. He knew what he was creating. Yes, he has a pursuit of scientific knowledge. He has a love of scientific knowledge. I can appreciate that. That does not mean he's not an evil bastard. That doesn't that I mean, doesn't so, excuse him. I mean, it's, it's the intent behind okay. what he's doing. Because the, 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 the intent her... behind a Jumara was how fucked up and destructive can I make something? Yeah, it was purely scientific conquest. The yeah. is that he doesn't create the Trollocs because he's like, I want to murder massive amounts of people because that's what I should be doing. That is what we need for the Shadow to win. Sure. He creates the Trollocs because he needs to create entities that will go out and do whatever the Dark One's bidding is that will be attributed to his success and his contributions to the Shadow so that he will, like he wanted initially um, in the Sharoma or the, uh, at Kalandong, to be left alone to research, to experiment, to see what he can do. So He doesn't do it because he's like, I want to kill all of humanity because fuck humanity and the Shadow needs to win. He does it because... I need these things to go out and do this so that the so that my new master doesn't make me go and do this. So, so the means justify the end? I'm not saying it's justified at all. What, what I'm saying here is my argument is the intent behind what you do is what defines your actions as evil or not. The consequences are undeniably evil. Sure. But there is a vast difference between saying like, oh, I wonder what happens if I do this out of pure curiosity and doing it and something horrendous happens and just going cool writing that down for the notes that's a happens whenever you do b and saying i want to make sure that i destroy that city over there and everybody in it because they are beneath okay. me in pieces of shit 
I can see that. So that's I'm not saying that like his his actions and the effects of his actions are I would agree undeniably evil, but I don't think that like I'm trying to like I think it's more of like a mental disorder, which is why I lose I, I use the example of um alexithemia, which is a problem processing or feeling emotions. Um, mm-hmm. somebody that can't dis that can't distinguish between right and wrong can do the most atrocious things. But we generally don't regard them once we find out, okay, like there's a there's an issue here, there's an abnormality, that they're an evil person intrinsically because they can't process the difference. That's why we have like, you know, not guilty by way of insanity and that kind of stuff. Like it's like, yeah, what you did was fucking horrible, Annie. <laughs> you murdered like all the younglings, but you were completely mentally cognizant. I just think Agnor didn't have a like an emotional or moral scope to follow or even go off of. I can see that. Also, I, I think this goes into a little bit of the, the question that we had before. I know that there's other mitigating circumstances here. Let me be very, very clear about that of like, we save more people in the long run by killing these people now. But what do you think of the project of like Oppenheimer? Yeah. Something started as splicing the atom for energy. Then it was almost immediately once it was discovered of actually how to do it, that there was an incredibly destructive force that could be harnessed there as well. Right. That was then turned over to the military as a weapon that could be used to end a war. Is the creation of the atom bomb evil just because it was actually used on humans? Or is it only evil because it was used on humans? And where does the evil or the where does the responsibility of whether it was used on humans lie in its creator or in its user? Because those were different people. I mean, and, and these are these are a lot of, you know, the sort of the ethical debates that, that people mm-hmm. have. There, there really isn't a clear answer here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh, maybe... fun fact, just because I'm, I'm that kind of World War II nerd guy, fun fact for anybody that's like, uh, both bombings were so deadly and so horrible. And they were. I'm not saying they weren't. Absolutely deadly and horrible. Um, if you want to put it in perspective, look at the firebombing of Tokyo. More people died in the firebombing of Tokyo, and not by a narrow margin, by a massive margin. More people died in the firebombing of Tokyo, which was absolutely normal conventional warfare at the time, Mm -hmm. than the combined deaths in both the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right. So that's just another Neko girls and hentai. So really (laughs) true. Effects have never worn off. That's true. You came face to face with the sun you twice, the the but man, you know you just. But the fucking PlayStation. I'm is sorry, I apologize for that one. That no, that PlayStation's was, awesome. Yeah, that that yeah. that's our cancel but cancellation counter just yeah. went up again. But it's one of those. I'm fine. You can cancel me over World War Two facts. I don't give a shit. Um, no, 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 not you. It was my. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things, like to to put in perspective, because if if because one of the main arguments made for why the atomic bomb was so horrendously evil to do is the death toll. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, sure. I, I hear plenty of people like shouting about the atomic bomb doing that. And I would assume you would have the same stance, but where's that same energy when it comes to talking about the massive firebombing campaign in yeah. Tokyo? 
Because Tokyo was an entire city built of wood. And we dropped napalm on it. Yep. Yep. And and, and that was by design. That was on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't an accident. Yeah. It was was 100% known and intended. Yes. Don't tell PETA, but look up the uh, other bat bombs, too. Shit was fucking Oh, yeah. Those ones were crazy. Don't let dentists come up with, like, weapons of mass destruction is all I'm saying. Yeah, they're scary. Yeah. So... With agony, pain in your mouth and pain in your soul. You know, you've got an interesting sort of development towards the end. Um, Agonor attacks Rand. He it, it carrion, and they're, he's they're like, we're done with this guy. We hate him. We're gonna kill him. The attack fails. They go into hiding. Oh yeah, um, it was like his asshole reveal party. Surprise! Yeah. I'm a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> everybody. And uh, he finally meets his end. This is my favorite. This is one of my favorite deaths. He finally meets his end at the last battle near Shadar Logoth. And he's like, he's like in a sniper nest. He's like going to balefire Rand, sniper balefire Rand. And then one of the Black Aja said, I see him. And they're like, ah, that's the dragon's bodyguard. I'll kill him. (laughs) <laughs> and then she kills him and he's like well fuck like <laughs> he did he he was such an effective double agent that nobody back on the side of the shadow got the memo that he was a like an actual forsaken one, and, one uh, small point of correction it wasn't at the last battle oh it wasn't this it? was in winter's heart yeah he oh that's right that's right Logan. that's right when you get to the last battle, um, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, there is no Shatter Logoth by that, that time. Yes. No, correct. Correct. You Rand kind of fucking blew it up. And I'll fucking do it again? Like, <laughs> and I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> in somebody else's city and then fucking blew it up. Ag- Agonor, um, like, kind of my final thoughts on Agonor is I feel like he is Agonor slash Osengar. Um, first off, I mean, Thank you to the title of Osengar and Erengar because it's how we got the word for weapon in the old tongue, which is Gar, of course. And uh, all my peeps in the Sauravangar, comment down below if you're in the Sauravangar. Um, hashtag Team Sauravangar. Woo! Um, <laughs> you guys are the ones who. Uh... You guys are the ones who throw the the flags up in the air and the 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 sabers and whatnot. You're in the Sora Vanguard. Sora Vanguard. That's right. <laughs> no, Agonar, a, a, a deceptively interesting character. A a, a and character sounds even more impressive in Scottish. Apparently, ah, Agonar. Agonar. Fucking Agonar. Uh, you know, he, he is, he is a mad scientist and you, you can easily just say, oh yeah, genius mad scientist who literally went mad, got murked in book one, got murked in book nine. But when you consider his achievements and the, the collateral damage, collaborative works that he accomplished, like I said, easily top three, top five most effective Forsaken. Easily. Possibly top three. Um, yeah. Just real interesting character with some real with real interesting story. 
uh, is one of the uh, double agents in the book. And I feel like there's a there's a thing that if you're a double agent character in the book, you have a badass storyline. Like I, I I love the double agent stories in the Wheel of Time. That's why I love. It's one of the reasons why I love Tom so much. The dude is a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky motherfucker, and Agenor is obviously you know as Andrew said earlier, he he doesn't have a lot of like combat experience. He doesn't know a lot of combat weaves. Despite being one of the most powerful channelers, being right up top there with everybody, um, he doesn't have a lot of the same expertise. He didn't learn to fight. He learned to science. And so, you know, that's that. It, it's a really great example of, of what I call character balance. Because especially in, in uh, fantasy books, it's so easy to be like, and everybody who is a guy used a sword, and everybody who is a girl used magic, and they all fought and killed all the bad guys. And it's like, there's no real character spread there. And I love, and this is one of the things I love about the Wheel of Time is you do have people who just aren't combatants. And Agenor is one of these people. He's a scientist. And I like that. And that's what I appreciate about him. Um... I don't know, like, uh, for me, the character of Arangar and Osangar, um, to me, they're both uh, pretty low tier. To me. <laughs> that doesn't, but see, I, I count Dashiva separately because I, I absolutely love Dashiva. I loved reading Dashiva. Right. Um, I thought Dashiva was uh, both, like, genius and quirky at times, fucking just downright funny at times, like, I, I loved reading Dashiva. It was any time Dashiva was there, I was like, fuck yeah, it's going to be a great time. Um, until it wasn't. Um, <laughs> there is something that, like, I, I think it's a, a bit of irony for uh, for uh, Arangar, Osangar, whatever his other original name was as I scroll up because I can't remember it. Ishar. There's always an R. The fucking pirate. All of his names in it with R. <laughs> um Yar. But uh, but fucking Ishar, um, I think it is kind of uh, ironically hilarious that he put on such a brilliant performance trying to keep himself out of danger that he got himself blue on green. He got himself friendly uh, friendly fire. Yeah, friendly fire was on for the match at, at Shadar Logoth, and he found that out the hard way. Yes, he um, did. and it, and it kind of sucks. But I also love um. Morshadi put it up in the in the live chat, um, and if you can't see the live chat and you want to listen live, uh, Patreon, check out our Patreon, electropod.com. Do it. Um, but Maria Simmons was asked the question about why didn't Osangar get a second chance, and it's like, well, technically he already that was his second chance, but yeah. you know why didn't he get a, yet another chance? Um, and I, I like Maria's answer. There's like you know kind of like why bother? What has he done? And his crowning achievements are still roughly 3,000 years ago or more. Right. The, no, the Trollocs, cool. the Murdral, the the, um, the Drakkar. I almost said Drakaris. I've been rewatching Game of Thrones. Drakaris! Um, you know, all, all of this kind of stuff. These were still his crowning achievements. And they stayed his largest achievements, especially for the Shadow. Because we don't know what his achievements were for the Light. Just enough to... You know, thwart serious sanctions for doing unwarranted 
or, or unauthorized and unethical experiments. Um, must be a, he must be like in whatever the second age version of Germany was, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's it's like the the only part of of this character that I actually like is the fakest part of the character, um, which I think is is kind of funny. But as a Forsaken, low like he's high low tier, low mid tier. Uh, in my opinion, uh, as things go, doing something really incredible at the start and then doing nothing else after, whenever all the other Forsaken are running around fucking shit up, oftentimes each other shit, but still fucking shit up, um, versus being the dude that, like, I, I don't know. He, he strikes me as, like, the dude that excelled at, like, being, like, an undercover cop or, like, the, the super method actor, like, theater kid, which is fine. Be that kid. Be that person. Um, Thanks, that, that was it. And that was that was, that was the best thing for me about him. And uh, those are my final thoughts on on a Senor Splice over here. An old Aggie Senior Splice. Yeah. I like that. I like that more than I'm supposed to. <laughs> they call me. Senior Splice. Senior Splice. All right. Look uh, at pineapple yeah, and I... a jalapeno in the middle of pineapple. Understood. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> My thoughts on Agonor are, you know, again, skirting the middle of these two guys. Uh, I think that he's actually a very forsake, very effective forsaken. Um, now, again, I agree with. Uh, Andrew's assessment that most of the stuff that he did was thousands of years ago. Uh, but again, a fair point. <laughs> kind of, of like what Morshadi said in this in our live chat, and again, Patreon. Um, when you create something that's still around and viable, three thousand years later. Like, that's actually kind of a testament to your accomplishments. Um, and and I think that you don't stop getting royalties, I mean, points for that, uh, you know, 3,000 years later. <laughs> you get uh, some back royalties for that. Right? Exactly. And so, again, very effective as a Forsaken. Not a hugely for, uh, effective Forsaken in the Third Age with current accomplishments. Nothing new. Or very little new stuff. Um, but at the same time, I mean, again, it is also the sort of what we talked about earlier. I also think that Deshiva was having more of an effect on the Black Tower than we really understand slash admit. Because again, we get so little fucking Black Tower stuff. And, and it's that's a travesty. One of my biggest sort of gripes with the books, if you will, that again, I understand why it happened. I understand why it was sort of important to leave it vague to a certain extent. Um, but also, give me more. I want to know what was going on. I want to know who was actually more of a more more of an influence on the Black Tower. Was it Deshiva? Was it Demandred? Was it Taim doing it all himself? Was it Taim plus, you know, people that were already turned? Was it Black Sisters who ended up coming in and telling people? Like, it's just... I love the mystery of it, but also I don't want 
the mystery of it. Like, give me the answer. Yeah. <laughs> and so, again, it's also a little bit hard to say because we read into so much of what Min does off screen, because we read into so much of what Tom and Moraine do off screen, because we read into so much of what people are doing that's not explicitly told to us, it's hard to know exactly what Deshiva, Taim, Demandred, all of these people were actually doing in one of our favorite part places in the books. That's the thing. Um, if I at least had context so for the say. effects of what he did. I would give him so many more props the same way I do men. Yeah. There's, there's, there's not a lot of like other than other than like Trollocs and the the fucking Drakkar and stuff, which are big. That's a fair point. There's not a lot of like here's the effect that he had, and I wish there was. I am essentially agreeing with you with like stop stop the mystery. Release, release the 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 Agonor cut, Maria. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag release like, the Agonor cut. I want pictures of Ishar at the Nobel Peace Prize Awards accepting it for some like almost sketchy shit. I love it. Yep, that's why. I anyway, because he made ne- uh, Nikos. <laughs> Nikos, Neko. Nico, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I, uh, I do actually like Agonor as a character. He's one of the ones, one of the few Forsaken with like sort of legitimate reasons to have left the side of the light. Oh, you guys have too many restrictions. I'm leaving. Like his story and Semarag's story are like very similar in a lot of ways, right? It's Semarag or is it Masana? It's Semarag, right? Semarag. Yeah. And so I, I like appreciate that, that like there's more thought put into it. Not that again, I don't believe the realism of a number of people being like, well, I don't want to be second. I'm going to go somewhere where I'm first. And you're like, okay, be a dick. I guess that works. (laughs) But also like, I, I really appreciate the like, sure. I recognize that that's real but give me more <laughs> like and Agonor is one of those ones that he gives you more with sort of why they went over. Anyway, I, Less is more. I like Agonor as a Agonor. character. I obviously do not like him as a person, but I like Agonor as a character. And I actually think that he adds a lot to the story. Um, even if it's more indirect than like super go out and do things. Uh, I think that he actually adds a lot to the story. So favorite Forsaken, probably not. Uh, super awesome at what he does. I, I, it's hard, a little harder to say, but I think he is a cool addition. Appreciate him in there, and terrifies the shit out of me when I really think about it. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It is an Agonor deep dive at the Black Tower Podcast. Thank you so much for being here thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for listening and uh thank you for we hope you enjoyed this week's dose of taint and uh wherever you are out there however you receive this dose of taint either orally or visually or rectally we don't judge um we hope that uh you leave here just a little bit more insane than you were when you first got here. And from all of us here at the Black Tower, I have been your sword on the hill, Josh. I'm very afraid of what Josh did there because I feel like the only things that you can actually intake from the Black Tower podcast rectally is like the hot sauce. 
for example, and that sounds like a terrible idea. Please, God, do not do that. Coming next to the Black Tower Live League channel. Yeah. Oh, that's like, right. We don't what? have a beer yet. What Fantasy League? Season 2 coming at you. We're going to be live streaming on Sundays. Oh my gosh, we need to be plugging this. Sundays. That's true. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Did I miss a thing? What? No. Never mind. I'll, I'll ask I'm meeting on the 27th anyway. to draft, so be there. Be there on the 27th, which should be in like a week and a half when you're listening to this. That's right. Um... So, yeah, be there. We're going to do our draft uh, then, and then we are going to do at least a few live streams from that uh, because they are releasing the show the same way they did last year, last year, last season, two years ago, um, where they're going to have almost half of the season up right at the very beginning. (laughs) So we're going to have a lot to do in that first live stream and then a little less to do in the others. But anyway... Yeah, come see the draft on the 27th. We have a lot of fun people uh, involved. Um, And then join us for other Sundays throughout the season to get the live tally of points. Uh, Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I've been your buys on my Andrew. And we're going to round it out here with uh, our... With uh, potentially one of Twatcast's favorite Mahales. You never know. (laughs) Whoever it is, they're definitely on screen right now. Yes. It's it's definitely not me. I know that for a fact. Just because who the fuck's favorite male would be this guy. But from all of us here at the Black Tower Podcast, I have been your Amon Khan Mahale, Daniel. And uh, from all of us, thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, listening and joining us every week for our shenanigans. Uh, or even just on occasion for our shenanigans. Uh, we hope that you are having a wonderful morning. And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, always watching, always and good night. Show. Trouble just fitting.